Heavenly Father, thank you for this Sabbath morning. Thank you for the ability that we have to worship you. Thank you that you're moving the mountain. Thank you that you're healing, that you're helping, that you're doing all those things for each and every one of us. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for those online. We ask a blessing upon everyone that's hearing this message, hearing this worship. In Jesus' name, amen. So it was on November the 9th, 1847, a long time ago, a civil engineer by the name of Charles Ellett Jr. was commissioned to build a bridge across the Niagara Gorge. Now the question, of course, was when, where, and how you get a cable across an 825-foot chasm with 225-foot cliffs on either side. Enter Theodore Graves Hullett, a local iron worker who suggested get this, a kite flying contest. Fifteen-year-old Homan Walsh won that kite flying contest and got a prize of $10, which doesn't seem like a whole lot except when you think about the fact that this was 1847. See, this 15-year-old boy flew his kite across the chasm. The day after that flight, they flew it again, but this time with a stronger line attached to the kite. Then a rope. Then a cable consisting of 36 strands of 10-gauge wire. It would become the world's first railway suspension bridge, strong enough to support a 170-ton locomotive. It all started with one kite string. And it always does. If you do the little things like they're big things, then God will do the big things like they are little things. Week four of the sermon series based upon Mark Batterson's book, Win the Day. And this week we're looking at what he calls the fourth habit, fly the kite. And let me, I guess shoot straight this morning. I hear people say that they will give more money when they make more money. And I'll be honest, I don't buy it. Because if you aren't generous with the little time, the little talent, the little treasure that you currently have, you're not going to be generous with a lot. Because generosity starts right here and right now. I know people say that they will serve more when they have more time. If you don't find time, you make time. People say that they'll step up when that big opportunity presents itself. But you aren't seizing the opportunities that are all around you all of the time. We have to start right where we're at. 
Because here's the bottom line, the big idea. How you do anything is how you will do everything. If you're faithful with a little, then you're going to be faithful with a lot. So go ahead and dream big. Because show me the size of your dream, and I will show you the size of your God. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Because, but you can't just dream big. You have to start small. And you have to think long term when you do it because that is what flying the kite is all about. A single kite string can eventually become a bridge that connects two countries. Today we're going to look at Zechariah chapter 4, but let me first set the scene. Zerubbabel is the leader of the remnant that returns to Judah with a God-sized vision to rebuild the temple that Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed. And the Lord says to Zerubbabel, as Zerubbabel looks at the ruins of what used to be that magnificent temple. God says, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit. See, without the Holy Spirit, I'm below average. Sometimes I feel like I'm below average, even with the Holy Spirit. But certainly without the Holy Spirit, I'm below average. But the, the amazing thing is that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And the good news is that with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can do anything. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit is that X factor. The Holy Spirit is a difference between the best that you can do and the best that God can do. God wants to do things in and through each and every one of us that are beyond our ability, beyond our resources, and beyond our imagination. See, there comes a moment when you stop talking to God about all of the mountains that you are facing. And you start talking to those mountains about your God. That's how we flip the script. How, well, that's what we looked at that first week of this sermon series. You declare His power, His grace, His peace, His love, His glory, His goodness, and His healing. You declare those. You don't deny the obstacle or even the odds at succeeding. You confront the brutal facts, but you do it with an unwavering faith. You exercise your authority as a child of God, as a follower of Christ, as a citizen of His kingdom. Because every prayer has to meet a twofold litmus test. It has to be in the will of God and for the glory of God. If it's not, 
then it's really a non-starter. But if it is, if it's in his will and for his glory, look out at what he will do. I have no idea what mountain is staring you in the face this morning. Perhaps a mountain of anxiety or addiction or anger or a mountain of injustice or unforgiveness. It might even be a mountain range that you're looking at. But that is when, and that is where we must fall back on what we know for sure that he is still the God who makes sidewalks through a sea. He is still the God who makes the sun stand still. He is still the God who can turn water into wine, and he is still the God who can move mountains. Because if God has done it before, he can do it again. If God has done it for me, then he can do it for you. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. See, in this one passage, there are several different habits that Mark Batterson had, had talked about that we've looked at the last four weeks. You get flipped the script by speaking to that mountain. You declare the will of God, the glory of God. You've also got kiss the wave. That obstacle is not the enemy. The obstacle is the way. You don't go around the mountain. By faith, God will get you to the other side. And you'll be a bigger person, a better person because of it. We have the authority through God to move the mountains. With faith as small as a mustard seed. How can something so small move something so big? Well, that's the third habit we looked at last week, eat the frog. It's those high leverage habits that can have a domino effect over time. If you want God to do the super, then we have to do the natural. Let me drop down to verse 10 in Zechariah 4. This is where we see flying the kite. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Plumb line, kite string, same difference here. God is rejoicing before they even begin to build. They don't have any permits yet. They haven't even broken ground yet. All they have are blueprints, but God is giving them a standing ovation. See, God isn't gr just great because nothing is too big for him. Sure, he can move those mountains, but God is also great 
because nothing is too small for him. He celebrates those small steps of faith, the small acts of kindness. See, what we want to do, we want God to do amazing things for us. But that isn't our job. God is the one who does amazing things for us. Our job is to consecrate ourselves to God one day at a time. And if we do our job, God will do his. If we fly that kite, God will build the bridge. See, we're easily overwhelmed by the size and the scope of our goals and our dreams. That's why 75% of New Year's resolutions fail within the first month. We've probably already failed most of ours. 83% of people, they say, want to write a book, but very few do. Why? Because you can't finish what you don't start. 83% of people say they want to write a book, but they've never started writing the book. You can't finish it if you don't start it. It doesn't matter whether it's writing a book or getting in shape or even getting a graduate degree. You have to reverse engineer your goals and then turn them into daily habits. Then you will fly that kite like little Homan Walsh did that can span the Niagara Gorge. See, there are three keys to flying the kite. Number one, give yourself a start date. Number two, go ahead and dream big, but start small. And number three, if you want to, every day to count, then count the days. The first one, give yourself a start date. See, when Mark Batterson was 22 years old, he, he felt a call to write a book. There's a problem. That exact same year, he had taken a graduate assessment that showed that he had a low aptitude for writing. In other words, they said, whatever you do, don't write a book. He didn't have a natural gifting in that area. But again, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You can't just pray like it depends on God. You also have to work like it depends on you. And that's what he did. He started reading books. He flew that kite by reading books, so he read 3,000 books before he ever wrote his first one. He reverse-engineered the process. He started turning sermons into devotionals, started a blog to practice writing, and then 13 years later, he still hadn't written a book. But Mark decided to fly the kite and to give himself a deadline. He decided that he was not going to turn 35 years of age without a book to show for it. Because a dream without a deadline is dead on arrival. Some of you have been dreaming dreams, but you haven't ever started them. You can't finish what you don't start. Do you feel 
like it's something God is calling you to do? If it's not, then it's going to be pretty hard to accomplish, and you're going to learn pretty quickly that that's not what God is calling you to do. But if it is something that God is actually calling you to do, delayed obedience is disobedience. You've got to give yourself a deadline. And you also have to give yourself a start date. Let me get rid of some of the most common excuses that we all use, myself included. First is, I'm not qualified. I don't have enough education. I don't have enough experience. God doesn't call the qualified. His power is made perfect in our weaknesses. But I'm not ready. I wasn't ready to get married. I wasn't ready to be a, law, a lawyer. You would think law school would teach you that, but they don't. They don't teach you how to be a lawyer. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready to pastor a church and go to school for that. It's a newsflash for you. If you wait until you're ready, you'll be waiting the rest of your life. But... I'm waiting for the right situation. You can complain about the situation you find yourself in. Or you can make the most of that situation. Because you will never find a perfect situation. The writer of Ecclesiastes said, Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. We have to fly the kite. Number two, go ahead and dream big, but start small. And might I add also, think about it long term. Reverse engineer those life goals and turn them into daily habits. If I had a fourth key to flying the kite, it might be to go public with it. It will help you stay accountable to announce your intentions to others. But it, it all comes back to this. You need an uncompromising commitment to continual improvement, little by little. So go ahead and dream big, but start small. You have to find a way to fly that kite a little bit higher and higher and higher each time. You have to do that. What may some things seem impossibly high mountains, but when you do it that way, when you take it small, those incredibly high mountains will become level plains. And you can even go after bigger and bigger dreams. But you have to start small, but you also have to think long term. Because it's easy to get discouraged when you're going after a God-sized dream. Sometimes it feels like our goals and are getting further and further away. And we want to throw in the towel at one point in time or another. But it's in moments like those that you need to remember 
the future. You can't lose faith in the end of the story. You have to remind yourself of what you're doing and why you're doing it. It's like the story about three different bricklayers. No, I have no idea if this is actually an allegory or an actual story, but after the fire of 1666 that leveled most of London, Christopher Wren was commissioned to rebuild St. Paul's Cathedral. And one day he was observing three different bricklayers who were on the same scaffold. And he asked them what they were doing. The first one said, I'm laying bricks. The second one said, I'm building a wall. And the third one said, I'm building a cathedral to the glory of God. They were all performing the exact same task, but they had very different mindsets. One of them was thinking long-term. One of them was remembering what the future would be. Because when you forget the future... You trade your birthright for a bowl of soup, just like Esau did. You will forfeit your future because you aren't thinking long-term. Number three, if you want every day to count, you must count the days. I once heard a question that said, who knows how many days they've held their current job? I'll be honest, I don't. It's been too long for that. But the answer is someone who's making the most of those days. If you want every day to count, you have to count the days. If, and if you don't count the days, then we are discounting the days. Now, that's not just a play on words. It's an approach to life that lives each day like it's our first and our last day of our life. This series started with a question, can you do it for a day? Because I believe anyone can do anything for a day, and then we've got, got to get up and do it all over again tomorrow. If you do that two days in a row, that's called a winning streak. That's what flying the kite is all about. Because failing to plan is planning to fail. If you give yourself a start date, if you start small and think long, if you count the days, it won't just add up. God will multiply your efforts. Another way of saying that is this. If you want to break records, then you need to keep records. You've got to measure what matters. Part of Counting the days is celebrating your progress. You have to celebrate what you want to see more of. You have to mark those milestones and celebrate the winning streaks. You have to praise God for partial miracles. Let me close with this. Look what God has already done. In the words of the prophet Zerubbabel, he said, Don't despise the day of small beginnings. We think right here and right now, but God is thinking about nations and generations. We overestimate what we can do in a year. 
but we underestimate what God can do in 25. Again, I'm not sure what goal you're going after, what problem you're trying to solve, what habit you're trying to break or to begin, but it all has to start with flying the kite. Give yourself a start date. Because you can't finish what you don't start. Dream big, but start small and think long-term. And if you want every day to count, start counting the days. So what kite is it that you're wanting to start to fly? What are you waiting for? Because we can win the day with Jesus on our side. Heavenly Father, thank you for the ability that we have to come here to hear your message, to, to worship you, and, and to fly the kite today. No matter what those mountains are that we're looking at, know, help us to remember that with you, they can become level planes. Just like with you, we can fly a kite across the Niagara Gorge with you. We can overcome any problem we have when we keep our eyes on you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen.